0: Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast
1: on Podcast One.
0: And welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast, everybody. Uh, of course, keep the winds in the pail, sail the Corolla Pirate Ship. And also, head over to drdrew.com if you wouldn't mind to get on that contact list. We appreciate being part of that. You can send in emails. I can bring them into this show or any of the other shows that are there at the website. Check out the other podcasts. Click through on the banners. These are all people that we can stand by uh, that help keep wind in the sail of the, the pirate ship here at Corolla's Network. So I appreciate you listening. appreciate you being part of this. And, of course, tell a friend. And today I am quite honored to be revisited by our friend Dr. Kate Shanahan. You can follow her at Dr. Kate with a C, Kate Shanahan, S-H-A-N-A-H-A-N, S-H-A-N-A-H-A-N. Uh, also, the website is drkate.com, D-R-K-A-T-E. And, Kate, welcome as always.
1: Thanks for having me back on your show, Drew.
0: Anytime. So the new book is Deep Nutrition, Why Your Genes Need Traditional Food. And this is something you've, uh, I've heard you speak on before. Is there a new take on this or new information?
1: It's been re-released in paperback. Ah. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, There's well, there is... A a somewhat of a new uh, take on it, because actually, right now I'm working on another book, Mm. the next book. There's always next book. Yeah. And uh, and this one is really focusing on weight loss. I hadn't really done that. Like deep nutrition, if you follow it, and you know, you can lose weight because it helps your metabolism get get healthy. But it's not targeted to uh, to that to helping people identify what's wrong with their metabolism, which has to do with energy. So that's. Um, that's really what I think is missing from the conversation around weight loss and and actually health in general. Yeah. We don't talk very much about energy and you know what whether or not we have enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. I, I, let me give you some of the vital stats on Kate, everybody. she's i uh, got a she's a biology trained then biochemistry and genetics at Cornell for graduate degree and then Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. What, what are you an internist by residency training or
1: family medicine? Family
0: medicine uh, and. Uh, Interesting, you ten years in Hawaii studying ethnobotany. I didn't know that, and um, and what I like about Kate more anything else because she's a biochemist. She's a real deal biochemist. She does not make claims that she cannot substantiate, and the science is so complicated. I don't remember if you said something, Kate, to me once was essentially there's only very few things I can really say anything about because it's just too complicated, and the things I can say something about, I can say about say something with definitively, and that's that.
2: Exactly. exactly.
1: Yes, exactly. There's, you know, even something as simple as like what kind of fats are good and what kind of fats are yeah. bad. Yeah. Understanding that, actually unraveling the reality of it, um, and discovering that it's quite different than what I learned in medical school, right. um, it, you know, took a lot, a lot of different, uh, approaching the question from a lot of different Angles, different sciences, including biochemistry.
0: Well, let me let me use uh, an n of one here, and I'll be a case and describe a little something that happened to me, and you try to make sense of it for me. Um, so I've always been sort of metabolic syndrome, right? So I've always had sort of central weight distri- distribution, fat distribution, adipose distribution, and hypertensive and hypercholesterolemic, and maybe some insulin resistance. Uh, very much addicted to carbohydrates, and Someone convinced me to start lifting heavy weights that would help my back and some of the leg stuff. And lo and behold, it did. But then I gained a bunch of weight. And so somebody said, look, just try the try the protein only. Just get on the carnivore diet. It'll be easy for you. Just some eggs and meat. And as God is my witness, within about four days, I was transformed. And I've been on this diet now for about three or four months. And it's been un. I can't. If somebody had tried to describe to me what happened to me, I would not believe it. And so, so are
1: you are you doing like pasture raised meats or? I'm, are just, you I'm trying
0: to... to. I'm doing mostly that, and I'm doing and I'm, I slip and slide a bunch. I eat a bunch of green vegetables, and I do eat uh-huh. fish. and I eat some turkey, and I eat other stuff. But when I feel the best, I'm eating eggs and red meat, and getting yeah. moderate amounts of fat from red meat.
1: Is it where you're making it at home or are you going out to eat?
0: Making it at home. And I think I,
1: that's the key. And
0: after about, and I remember your uh, admonition that we have to eat close to the bone too. So I eat everything <laughs> down to the bone. I eat bone marrow, all those things that you always advocate. I, I go for all that. A- and I had a cholesterol done recently. Now I've been on Vitorin for about 25 years, and I've got a horrible family history of large vessel vascular disease, but my calcium score. 10, 15 years ago, 10 years ago was zero, okay? Wow. Doesn't get Uh, better than that. (laughs) Yeah. And and my LDL was always 120 no matter what I did. Even on moderate amount of statin, I could barely get it below 100. But then when I went on Vitorin, which deals with the absorption of cholesterol as well as the metabolism, the LDL dropped to 70. Boom. On a tiny dose, a quarter of a tablet of Vitorin, Okay. And I've been on that ever since. And, but rather, my HDL never got much above 50, maybe 60, until I got on this diet. When now my LDL and my cholesterol, my HDL and my LDL are now both 70. Now,
1: well, maybe you don't need the medication so maybe much. Maybe I don't. Either.
0: Maybe I don't.
1: But I think the key is that you are doing most of this at home because you're in control of the fat. And this gets to this gets to the vegetable oils which is which is where I think most conversations really should center around when we 're talking about nutrition, because we don 't realize it, but eighty percent of the average american 's uh, calories fat calories come from these vegetable oils uh-huh. and and it's it's not that we are cooking with them. So uh, I should define what I'm talking about, like soy oil and canola oil is the two most common, and cottonseed and corn, as well as sunflower and safflower. And at restaurants, you also will get grape seed and uh, rice bran oil. So these are all industrially processed, refined, and polyunsaturated. And what that polyunsaturated word means, it's kind of like the opposite of saturated, um, the saturated uh, fats are stiff, the polyunsaturated fats are physically, we're talking about molecularly, yeah. this is at biochemistry, they're, they're unstable, they're wiggly, and so that's why they're oils, and uh, they are unstable in our bodies as well, and here's the most important thing about them, we cannot use them for energy without damaging our mitochondria, which hmm. are the little factories in our bodies that produce energy, mm-hmm. uh, because of their instability, and and what happens is uh, it actually produces free radical infl- and and free radicals are this are one of the two kinds of. Well, it's kind of like radiation, so it's bad for us in the same way radiation is bad for us. It makes these little mitochondria that are supposed to be producing energy for our bodies, it damages them and makes them start leaking free radicals. So free
0: radicals sort of tear through everything. I sort of think of them as these these very powerful polar phenomena that can rip things apart that are normal biology.
1: And it has, it's, uh, why radiation is damaging is because they are these high energy free radical uh, particles that just destroy your mo- your molecules, mm-hmm. right? So you're, it's like ripping apart the infrastructure of how your cells are supposed to be operating. And uh, it doesn't work out so well for your cells when there's free radicals flying around wherever wherever they come from, whether it's from radiation or vegetable oils. Or cigarette smoking. Cigarette smoking is bad for us or, because... Or what do you think about
0: carbohydrates and free radicals? Or I, I'm, I got a feeling there's something there for some people. I don't quite well, know where it's yeah, coming from, but it so feels like it to
1: me. There definitely is. And, it, well, it turns out, you know, uh, the ketogenic diet, right, yeah. is super popular now. Yeah. And what it does is it gets people eating more fat, but not just any fat. It actually is one of the few diets that talks about the type of fat because... It's, it, it defines things like, well, you should eat butter, you should eat eggs, you should eat cheese. So it's moving people in the direction that you have just moved yep. um, by, by focusing specifically on, like, here's the food you should eat. Yep. And, um, and it gets people's carbohydrate levels down. And what I first learned about ketones of course, we learned about it in medical school, right? And yeah. what I learned in medical school Diabe- was... With
0: diabetes, mostly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, what I learned in medical school was that ketones are the byproduct of an abnormal metabolism, yeah. right? Couldn't be farther from the truth, actually. Ketones are very important for brain function, and your liver processes body fat that's been released so that it can get into the brain by making ketones. It just chops them up into little bits, basically, so they actually slip through the blood-brain barrier. Now, bam, your brain has energy. And it turns out that when um, when cells are burning ketones compared to when cells are burning sugar, they are get generating energy much more efficiently. And this was actually first brought to my attention. In 2010, there was a researcher from the NIH who studied ketones, compared ketones um, versus sugar in heart muscle. And it's a very good model because the heart will squeeze a certain amount of blood, and you just measure how much blood, and that way you can see how efficient is the muscle. And so he found that compared to sugar, ketones will beat 30, well, a, a heart-burning uh, ketones, I should say, will beat 30% more blood, which is huge. It's You know, it could be life-saving. Yeah. And he was studying this in the context of, well, what do you do to help people with heart failure? Yeah. And at the time, because there's such a backwards understanding of nutrition and what ketones are, he said, you know, too bad we can't really use this uh, insight because uh, to get the body to produce ketones, you have to consume saturated fat, and we all know that's bad for you. Nice. And so after, after his lecture, a bunch of us from the meeting went up to him and said, you know what, no, that's, you know, actually, this is... This is really life-saving, and forget what you thought you knew about saturated fat. Um, And that was 2010, and it's taken a a while, but there's just been a massive flood of research on ketones and all their benefits since then. And it's all speaking to just having the body get the kind of fuel that it needs to be able to produce energy more efficiently. Let's
0: let's get into the weeds a bit. How, How exactly are the ketones used for metabolism?
1: Well, they uh, so where let's start with where, I'm assuming they come from the body fat, right? So between meals, your body fat releases fat, and and that's really important to understand because a lot of folks following the ketogenic diet think they can just eat more fat and they'll be producing ketones, but it has to be under a certain set of circumstances that only happen between meals when your hormone levels are. Just right, right. You can't have a lot of insulin. You have to have um, enough glucagon. So this this is only going to happen is non ketone
0: fat available for uh, energy?
1: So ketones are manufactured in the liver, right? Out of body fat, and once the liver uh, gets the right hormonal signals to do that then the ketones are produced, um, you know, in varying amounts in different people. And so you can actually measure this in your bloodstream. And um, we don't actually even yet know, is such a new science, we don't even know, like, the amount of ketones in the blood that you need to have in order to really get the benefits um, of ketones. But the other thing is we also don't know that it doesn't just happen from burning fat. And so what I'm talking about here is... The reason we make ketones is not because that's the only way to utilize fat energy. It's because ketones are small enough to get through the blood-brain barrier. It's really for our brain that we make ketones.
0: Does brain but use any
2: fat?
1: The brain probably does also actually use yeah. fat that's um, been transported more slowly. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's the ketones that seem to... Really be uh, able to give you the benefits of this ketogenic diet, and so it was first studied actually uh, more than a hundred years ago for controlling seizures, right so a hundred years ago we did not have all I these nice seizure drugs
2: yeah.
1: um, and, and it turned out that they discovered that kids following uh, certain diets would just not have seizures, and i don't exactly know how they discovered it, but then they used that to control seizures and it it worked fantastically and in fact it still works um it's still actually recommended for uh you know drug resistant seizures
0: Yep, i've seen that
1: and so um it it just works fantastically so i think this has to do with the fact that it's a source of energy like you're able to get the energy that your brain cells need to function normally and um Ketones work better than sugar, right? It, so if you're it, able to produce thirty percent more energy, well, then that's the brain is very energy hungry. So, so uh, let,
2: let, yeah,
0: so let's talk about that. So so glucose is actively transported in, right? Is ketone actively transported in?
1: It actually, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yes, and so it it is actively transported in through. Um, uh, a special kind of a transporter okay. that um, transport that's very very fast.
0: I was gonna say it's probably more efficient, a faster transport. Okay, and once in, it's got to get to the mitochondria and affect. Well, what? How does it? How is it? What is it doing? The ketone.
1: So it has to be. Um, Used by the mitochondria to produce ATP energy, and, and all it does is it just it gets oxidized the same way as sugar does it 's just that it gets in there faster and once once it gets in there compared to sugar um, there 's less waste product produced because uh, it 's a matter of even numbers so the, this is kind of silly sounding, but sugar is broken down into uh, two three carbon molecules and the mitochondria really love two carbons at a time. Mm-hmm. And so when there's that extra carbon, it actually is broken off and essentially wasted, and it produces CO2, which turns to acid, and cells hate acid. Mm. And so that may be the reason why cells that are, enable, uh, that are allowed to uh, burn fat and ketones instead of sugar work more efficiently because you don't produce this waste product, Acid.
0: What are they doing with the two carbon molecule?
1: It's breaking it down for energy um, by um, the electron transport chain. Yeah, um, actually sucks off. Uh, it, well, it goes through a complicated process called the, the, uh, the Krebs cycle. Right. So this is like uh, very basic biochemistry, right. and uh, it's a, it's a beautifully complicated process that. Actually, inside the mitochondria, it ends up pumping protons across a barrier, and it's like like a dam. It's so, like, um, physical, right? Like, you just push these protons across this barrier, and then you have all these protons on one side, and they want to come to the other side. So when they come through, they actually turn a, a molecule that looks exactly like a turbine in the Hoover Dam. Yep.
0: And that's where the <laughs> ATP comes from.
1: That's how it, yep, that that turbine physically sticks an, a phosphate, and it turns ADP, diphosphate, into ATP, triphosphate. Um, uh, and ATP is the energy currency of the cell that runs all of our enzymes. Yep. And it says... This, it's a, this it's was just when I, when I, cell.
0: back when I was studying biochemistry, that, that cell membrane process had just been discovered. And we were like, oh, my God, why didn't we think of this? Because it made such sense. It just was like, because was, I, I was, particularly for neurobiology people, we were, all we were doing was studying membrane biophysics and, you know, looking at all that. It's like, oh, well, this is another membrane biophysical mechanism, just another one. And it's something that looks like a bacteria. And we know about this in bacteria, too. So why didn't we think about the symbiosis of all this?
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. And it's the reason that we breathe, right? So." <laughs> That is the thing in our bodies I some, that I I really oxygen. think some
0: alien bacteria came in on an asteroid and that's where that's where large cells came from <laughs> in animal cells. I'm not kidding. I really have this feeling. I mean, where did this happen? Why did how do we go from single cell organisms to these amazing complex things other than having this symbiotic relationship with these little things inside our cells that magically look exactly like bacteria
1: yeah nobody knows, but you know I mean it is true that there was it was it was happening at a time when the earth was changing from not having very much oxygen to having a ton of oxygen and the essential part of the um the the mitochondria is the electron transport chain, and that is uh a way of controlling oxygen energy, so you know it may have evolved originally as an an- anti- simply as an antioxidant, and then the energy um equation came in after the fact, almost.
0: I mean the addition of energy, the storing yeah, of energy, yeah, the ability yeah. to yeah. make
1: to make energy out of the yeah. anti, essentially moving those hydrogens around as, yep. as a function of being an antioxidant yep. to protect uh, you know all life on Earth from dying from oxygen, which it almost did. Right, <laughs> that was like the the first environmental crisis was uh, plant was caused by plants because they produced all this oxygen, and oxygen is a, a high you know dangerous molecule if you're not ready for it's it. Got and lots so of electrons.
0: It, to spare or can pull electrons yeah exactly yeah interesting
1: so so that's the, the energy equation and it all comes back to the ketogenic diet and answering you know why are you feeling better well if you are um if you are no longer eating fats that your body can't burn properly these polyunsaturated fats Suddenly, your you know your mitochondria are working better, your brain's working better, and yeah. that's you know, that's real. I definitely had more
0: alertness. I needed less sleep, and then the first two weeks, something very strange happened. I was aggressive. I had some like anger outbursts. Isn't that funny? Really? Yeah. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was a coincidence or if that was something related to the diet. Isn't that funny? Who
2: knows?
1: It's yeah. Testosterone, right? Cause uh, if maybe. You're right. Yeah, if you're able to use, um, you know, if you're getting more cholesterol and you're able to use it more efficiently somehow. I think right?
0: Uh, that's yeah. right. I, I wondered about that too. The fact that uh, I, I'm wondering if I'm suppressing my LDL too much with the Vitorin.
1: Well, there's a, a bunch of us um, actually who use the ketogenic diet. So by us, I mean like weight loss doctors, and um, there's a society called um, the Obesity Medicine Association.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And. Um, uh, one of the past presidents actually sort of carried the torch of the Adkins diet forward um and and his uh, teachings are that you know LDL cholesterol isn't actually the bad actor intrinsically. Yeah. It's it's only when it's oxidized that it's bad, and we should really be testing people for whether or not their LDL is oxidized. And a surrogate of that is your your. You can actually do a, 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 so. What these doctors and myself actually um, we measure is well, we we measure all of it like every other doctor does, but what we actually look at is not the LDL cholesterol or the total cholesterol. We actually look at the triglyceride number and the HDL number, and we uh, take a ratio, and if your triglycerides are more than two times your HDL number, then that indicates that your the fat actually is staying in circulation in your body too long, and it's basically, I'm sorry, in your bloodstream too long, and there's like some kind of um, resistance, but the bottom line is it stays in your bloodstream too long and can start to build up in your arteries. Well, I would say
0: that has always been the case for me in spite of a control in the LDL until I started this diet, and now my triglyceride is 75.
1: Well, and guess how those doctors who look at it this way, guess how we treat this high triglyceride to HDL ratio?
0: Same diet I'm taking.
1: Exactly. We get people to get off or drastically reduce their carbohydrates, and we have them eat more just natural fats, and that gets them away from these vegetable oils.
0: It's crazy. Blinds Galore, everything that Blinds Galore creates is 100% custom, meaning your blinds or shades will be made just the way you want them right when you place the order. Don't bother with the stress of dragging yourself out to the store or just one of those pre-packaged old box stores. Forget it. This is more than the Blinds aisle. This is Blinds Experts. Plus, they are family owned, family run, and they care. We, I know these guys. I've met them all, and they're great. And I've, and I've been a customer. And I'm telling you, they help you all the way along. You do it all from home, get 100% custom product, and at a better price. BlindsGalore.com was the first place you could buy blinds online, and they've covered over 2 million windows and counting. They make it easy. If you need design advice or measuring help, their expert in-house customer care team will be there for you every step of the way. And BlindsGalore will even set you up with 15 free samples and free shipping on top of the free expertise. They want you to be happy. You will be, like I and Corolla, we all are. Whether you need more privacy to sleep, cool down, or just fix up a room, Blinds Galore has exactly what you're looking for. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Check out blindsgalore.com and let them know I sent you. That is blindsgalore.com. All right, I want to discuss omega 3s for just a second. Omax 3 Ultra Pure, this is the purest omega 3 supplement on the market. And um, in case you don't know, omega 3s have been. suggested as one of the healthiest supplements out there. I take them. And, of course, there's controversy and dialogue about what the balance can be, but it's clear, pretty clear that most people should be on omega-3, both for cardiovascular protection and for brain effects as well. They have this cool thing they call the freezer test challenge. Basically, if you freeze any other omega-3, it'll get cloudy. It's all filler. But with Omax-3 soft gel, it's clear. It's that pure. It's clinically tested. It's the purest option, so no fish burps. And of course, you've seen supplements like this in the store, but many of them don't contain enough of the omega 3s to give you results. With omega 3 Ultra Pure, it's almost 94% pure omega 3 fatty acid. Purest concentration on the market, and they have a patented EPA to DHA ratio of 4 to 1 that is specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain. So, whether you're an athlete, student, parent, whatever, working professional, everyone can benefit from OMAX 3 Ultra Pure. And best of all, you can notice the positive effects often within a few days. Go to tryomax.com Drew today to get a box of OMAX 3 Ultra Pure for free with your first purchase. Try it. Tryomax.com, tryoma Drew, and you will get a free box of Omega-3 with your first purchase. Tryomax.com slash, Drew. Terms and conditions apply. And finally, OMAX 3 comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have plenty of time to try it. And feel that OMAX difference. Well, I think video online conferencing is just ubiquitous now and has changed the way we do business and podcasting, fewer trips, and it's like being there. But oh my goodness, with Zoom, it has just risen to another level of quality. And in 2018, Zoom is the winner. It delivers flawless video, pin drop, clear audio, instant sharing across any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, mobile, whatever. And you will see the HD video is simply striking. It's so easy to use. It's so intuitive. And for the first time you see it, and then the first and check this out, the first time you see 49 participants live on the screen, uh, it's just too much to be true. But they do it. They do it all. You can share anything with anyone from any device, Word file, spreadsheet, presentation deck, YouTube video, photo. Zoom is everything you've always wanted. They thought of everything with amazing features I bet you didn't think of. You can even do things like set up a green screen behind you and make a backdrop, say, with a logo or some exotic location. If you haven't tried Zoom, you're going to wonder what took you so long. Now, if you already use Zoom, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, find out. Visit Zoom, Z-O-O-M, Zoom.us, and set up your free account today. That's right. Meet Happy with Zoom Video Communications. Set up your free account today at (laughs) Zoom.us. Now the question is there too much natural fat in other words you know i use now natural fat to curb my appetite too so I will have bacon or something like that here and there, you know, right? So yeah,
1: that's a that's a really important question because so many folks feel like, well, if I'm eating healthy stuff, I can have as much as I want, and you know, calories won't matter. And I, I, I'm sure that's not what you, you're getting well, at. I, but but, you,
0: but it's, it's still a diet, and so you have to. You get weird. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I, I get weird. <laughs> I, I sometimes i certainly miss carbohydrates, and sometimes I'll just have cravings that isn't really hunger. And i I've lately been just dealing giving it fats, which I'm sure is wrong. <laughs> but that's what I've been doing.
1: Well, you know, if you're not feeling uh, bad, if you're not feeling hypoglycemic. So no, I started to not use, even uh,
0: close. Not even nothing like that.
1: Yeah, and no nausea, no shakiness, no, no, no sweating or
0: heart palpitations. Nah.
1: So I don't know that. That it's wrong to do that, uh, you know, unless you're just plain old overeating.
0: I'm doing a little bit of that that's too. I've been, doing, but I, but I, but I, but I can get. But one of the things about this diet, you can correct course very quickly because you're eating. It's not you're not hungry all the time. You yeah. know what I mean. So you can that's really true. you can adjust course. It's it's pretty easy. I think where I've jumped the shark a bit is where I start bringing in. I'll have nuts and things like that, to uh, peanuts and things to sort of snack on or reward myself with. And I noticed that's a difference. It's different.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you overeat, you know, even a super healthy diet, that's not good either because, yeah. you know, over overdoing anything, obviously, is not good. But right. but um, well, the kind of carbohydrate that I feel like is uh, the best, and I actually have started to use it as a tool for, for folks who really can't burn their own body fat efficiently, which is a whole other issue that um, I'm finding is, is, you know, a major problem for people trying to follow diets. Uh, but, uh, and we can get into that if you're interested. Yes, but, I am. But um, the kind of carbohydrate I'm recommending for for folks like, like that, actually, that can't burn their body fat is, um, there really isn't a name for it. So I'm calling it slow carb. It's not like a low carb. It's not... Um, it's not uh, gluten-free, it's, it's like intact grains, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like, uh, beans are an intact kind of a seed, mm-hmm. and they get absorbed very slowly, so they don't cause this insulin bump. Got it. And um, it's the insulin bump that I think is really the problem with carbohydrates, because the massive amount of insulin changes your hormones in ways that, you know, over the long term can be detrimental. Yeah. And um, so so um, I have people use sprouted grains and sprouted grain bread is like the easiest swap to, to make in the world, right? Instead of just having regular toast, you have sprouted grain toast. And then you, instead of putting margarine on it, you put butter on it mm-hmm. or you put coconut oil on it because Ooh. coconut is a special kind of a fat that gets, into your body cells more quickly and even if you are insulin resistant you can use this kind of a fat for energy
0: coconut oil or there's like coconut creams and all kinds of stuff like that yeah coconut milks
1: yes it's the fat of the coconut not the um not like the water part of the coconut or the sweet part
0: right just the fat
1: yeah okay
0: those are the slow carbs for for let's get into a little bit the people who um well let me ask this about the obesity medicine association anybody doing any thinking about nicotine
1: so you know that's really interesting because nicotine um i mean every doctor knows that when their patients quit smoking <laughs> they um tend to gain weight and we've always just simply said well it's just a hand to mouth behavior but I feel no, like no. it's it's, meta- it's
0: metabolism for sure, for sure. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's energy. Like yeah. people, it helps you burn fat, yeah. I feel like.
0: It looks like it. And, and also, no. hell, it somehow does not allow muscle uh, buildup very well. They, they have very lean muscle and small. They, get sh- they shrink when they smoke. They like, get lots of nicotine. But they don't get fat. Huh. They don't get no fat. They, they have very right. little fat deposition. So I always wonder why people didn't start to use nicotine therapeutically.
1: You know, I bet I bet you that there was a time that people probably did, and I you. I feel like there's got to be um, a, way, a role for it yeah. actually as like yeah. a weight loss. Uh, well, medication. Y- you you're
0: talking with people that can't Not burn it. No, no, taking it in the lozenge or whatever. But you said these people can't burn fat efficiently. I thought, well, that's that's probably people that would benefit from nicotine.
1: Absolutely, like caffeine, right? Yep, or caffeine too. you know, other diet pills. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you do have to use. I always like to try to manipulate things with food, but um, sometimes uh, you definitely that you can take advantage of the right. We're, we're, talk, we're
0: talking about really seriously. You know, people are in trouble medically with their with their body fat. So, tell me about the people that can't burn efficiently. Who's that?
1: So. Now, this is something that's very theoretical, and it's really just my theory. So, and I don't want to lay this on the Obesity Medicine Association, but um, it, it's going to be, you know, in my next book. And there's lots of references and science behind it. But I think what happens—the um, long and the short of it—is when our our diets are full of these fats that our mitochondria become damaged when we burn them. Um, the cell is saying, okay, well, I'm not getting energy, right? I, I'm, I'm wanting energy, and I'm not getting an energy because, you know, I don't know why. It, the reason is my mitochondria aren't working properly. So what the cell says is, I want energy. And what's it do? Well, it puts a request out for more sugar by putting something called GLUT4 transporters, glucose transporters on the surface of the cell. And it's requesting more sugar. And what that does is it drops your blood sugar levels, but the cell gets energy. So now it can burn sugar for energy because it was the, 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 um, the polyunsaturated fatty acids just damaged the mitochondria. There's actually a study that shows that the ATP production drops to nothing if mm. you raise that polyunsaturated fatty acid concentration high enough. So it's, it's a real thing.
0: So you, literally, so you literally are pulling sugar out of the blood suddenly and then raising insulin to try to deal with that, right?
1: Well, what happens is you start to feel hypoglycemic, Uh, and then you eat.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: So this is where we get a connection to the obesity epidemic between these, you know, the polyunsaturated fatty acids and the obesity epidemic, which is, if you look at the graphs of, uh, of how the increased consumption of these oils has skyrocketed over the past 50 years, it just it perfectly parallels the obesity epidemic, which you know carbohydrates have started to level off over since 2010, actually, mm-hmm. um, and the obesity epidemic has has not leveled off very much, and especially in children. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in shifting the glucose intracellularly, all of a sudden, is it affecting leptin and ghrelin biology as well? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sure that it, you know, it's extremely it to. Um, detrimental to yeah. do that because yeah. your, your, your body panics, right? So now your blood sugar level drops, your brain says, whoa, where's my energy?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because you aren't in a state where you're producing ketones because you're having this, you know, you're, you're on a enough uh, Well, you're eating too often because just eating anything very often will stop your ketone production. But, you know, eating a normal, what we call in this country, a normal amount of carbohydrates is going to also block your ketone production. So your brain has nothing. And so you get desperately hungry. And this is where we, um, you know, people come to us and we say, oh, well, it's just hypoglycemia. Have something to eat. Have something sweet. Have something sugar. Bring your blood sugar level back up. But that's not getting to the root of the problem. That's just kind of feeding into developing a whole new problem, actually, where now we're feeding people sugar and getting that messes up their hormones.
0: Yeah. Should we be taking ketones directly? You know, they have these ketone powders and things like that now. What's the status with ketone ingestions? So
1: it works fantastically, but I I use it when people can't change their diet. So I've actually recommended it to a, a couple of my patients who have Parkinson's or early dementia, hmm. and it's made a huge difference. Uh, it gives them energy. Actually, the coconut oil does kind of the same thing, um, but the ketone supplements are you know a thousand times more expensive than, yeah. than coconut oil. But they but they work great.
0: Can they be used with a you know a protein diet?
1: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. But you're not gonna get the, you're not gonna really need them after a while if you stick with a ketogenic diet. Meaning um, what what do you mean? Uh, so your body's gonna be producing ketones so efficiently that you just don't need to eat them.
0: I see. I, I must admit I feel now that I'm like three months in or something, I feel different. Not not as uh I don't know, excited as I was by how I was feeling. I don't know if that's just the brain adjusting, you know what I mean? to the background experience or if there's something happens, some sort of adjustment over time?
2: Well,
1: you know, what can happen is that we go from one extreme to the other, and and it may be that um, you're missing some nutrients that you were getting before. Yeah. So. B vitamins, especially like if once you get away from grains.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I supplement B12. I take a multivitamin every day. and That doesn't mean I'm getting it all, but you know. I yeah, do do exactly.
1: That. Like I never know if that yeah. really, really it was is everything because, yeah. like, like you said that we're we're just we're, we're still discovering vitamins.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're in the it's the dark ages. Let's be clear. And, and so, we, if you were to, if I were to add something back, what would I add back, and in what time frame, and how frequent, that kind of thing.
1: Um, so. I guess now what you told me was you're doing a lot of meat and eggs. Yes. Um, are you doing dairy as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. But so I feel better when
0: be I don't. I must admit, I I, I I eat all kinds of dairy, but I don't I don't feel as good when I. But I'll I'll, I'll overeat it a little bit because I I don't know crave it.
1: And it's so convenient, like cheese. It's yeah. Kind of like exactly. E- it's kind of like the chips yep. of the That's exactly right.
0: It's exactly. Right. <laughs> and if it's out, if it's out, I will eat it. So.
1: Yeah, so that's possibly part of it, is just that you were feeling better because you were actually in the process of losing weight
2: yeah, it's true. more. Yeah, that's true.
1: And and even when you're following a healthy diet, if you eat more often and you, or you're in the process now of regaining weight, you're not going to get those ketones.
0: Okay. I think that's what's happening. That makes sense. And the ketones, were, what are, was making me feel so good?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes and sense. you
1: don't need to do it like every single day, you know. Like some folks um, get so like paranoid about getting out of ketosis that you know they they like count their how many mulberries seeds they eat, you know. But I, I
0: understand that because you feel so good when you're in it. You know what I mean? It's, it, I got yeah. a little freaked out. Like, I can't. I have to be perfect because like, I don't want. I don't lose this. It's like this is great. And then so, I slowly did lose it, so now I'm trying to get it back.
1: Yeah, so it's it's like any learning process, right? You have to figure out how where's that sweet spot. And um so what I did, actually, what Luke and I did when we wrote Deep Nutrition, uh, Luke's my husband co author, is we just looked at what are traditional diets and what are people, what did people do? Because the whole premise of our book, the subtitle of which is why your genes need traditional food is that we ought to be doing what we used to do because... What we evolved for. Yeah, Yeah. that's what our genes are expecting us to do, and that's what we need in order to be optimally healthy. So what do we used to do? So we explored that from all different directions. (sighs) Um, Like, what was it that we ate, and even, like, how often do we eat? And um, when you go to places like France, where they do eat fairly high fat, you... And
0: high carb, too, though.
1: Yes, but they they do eat their carbs but they eat them in small amounts. So um where I was going was they'll have like maybe a a very tiny little breakfast. The breakfast might just really be mostly coffee with a itty bitty little pastry. And then they'll have like their one big meal of the day and then they won't eat very much at all after that, if anything. And so it's really almost like a one meal a day with mm. a little bit of Beverage, a little bit of wine, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, on the other ends of it. And, and, and without trying to, that's kind of what I fell into, you know, 10 years ago, just out of convenience, because I would get up in the morning, I would do some exercise, then I would have my coffee with loads of milk and cream in it. I wouldn't eat anything because I was working in the, you know, all afternoon till late evening. I'd get home and eat dinner at nine and then go right to bed. And and I feel like that's kind of a pattern that a lot of people fall into when they're able to maintain their weight without even really trying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The one meal a day. I was doing that for yeah. a long time, too. Uh, but I was hungry a lot. I mean, like it, like crazy hungry.
1: Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'd be curious to know what were you doing in terms of the other foods, right? Because. Was that was that with this diet or was that no that
0: was just a more I would eat a more just balanced a lot, a lot of fri- a lot of fruits and vegetables then and a more balanced diet.
1: So yeah, so fruits have that carbohydrate yep. that makes us hungry.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel, and so if you want to do the one meal a day, it's very important to not get a sugar burst because mm-hmm. that's where the insulin um, that makes your body um, produce. Uh, fat out of the extra carbohydrate and yeah. then you get that sure low yeah. and of course the kinds of fat that you're eating <laughs> right because if you're eating the wrong kinds of fat and you can't get your energy out of them very efficiently then your body's going to be craving sugar and you are going to be really hungry yeah.
0: yeah 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 well if you like my show you're going to love the good life with stevie and Cezanne. uh join the each week as they inspire minds captivate listeners and have powerful conversation with people who are making an impact from major celebrities to everyday people, they'll motivate you to live the good life. Listen for free for each week on Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. Well, if you're looking to buy a car, you've probably seen lots of terms that confuse like MSRP or invoice or list price or dealer price. I, I still, my I, whole life I've been hearing that stuff. But I still don't know what any of that means. What you really want is the true price. Thus, from True Car, you now, we are now introducing True Price. You can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, and that before you ever get to the dealership. True Car Dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And you see the scattergram of what people pay, so you know you're getting a good price, a fair price. And your True Car Certified Dealer set their true price competitively so they can win your business. And remember, it's whether you want to buy new or used, you get the same price. True price, and you get the same information, that same scatter, that same confidence. And once you lock in that price, you know you're locking in a price for an actual vehicle on a true car certified dealer's lot. So overall, you enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Well, you've heard me talk about TheraWorks Relief. And if you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer from muscle cramps in your legs, feet, particularly at night, we have relief. It is TheraWorks Relief. Topical foam, clinically proven to relieve muscle cramps quickly. And with daily use, like regular use, a couple times a day, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent the muscle cramps before they start. For over a year now, I've been recommending TheraWorks Relief to my family, friends, and patients, and there have been some stunning results. These patients of mine, patients and family, then give it to other people because they're so enthused by the results. TheraWorks Relief is the real deal. If you're somebody that has nocturnal cramps, it's disruptive to your sleep. That's bad for your health. If you can't exercise because of cramps, Theraworks Relief is my choice for preventing and relieving those muscle cramps. Make it yours too. Get Theraworks Relief today at select CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens pharmacies. Or just go to theraworksrelief.com, T-H-E-R-A-W-O-R-X, Relief. And speak to your pharmacist. You'll find they are as enthused as I am because for the first time, we have something to give you that's not a pill, no medication, and it works. Theraworks Relief, experience relief for muscle cramps for yourself. That's Theraworks Relief for your muscle cramps. No, I think I think I need to reduce the dairy and reduce the volume. Pretty simple. And and by the way, not not that's easy adjustment when you're not hungry.
1: <laughs> that's really the magic act yeah. of the ketogenic diet. Is yeah. that it helps your brain have that energy, and then you're not feeling this desperate hunger. It's right. not like normal hunger. Like I call normal hunger is like you're going to eat anything like whatever your mom would put in front of you you would just scarf it down yeah. because you have an appetite <laughs> right and i kind of feel like the um the appetite the word appetite i haven't heard that in a long time yes. you know <laughs> right. people say they're hungry and they're hangry But they're not just like, I'm going to, you know, I could eat anything. I'm not dying. I'm not desperate. I'm not going to pass out if I don't get anything to eat right now. But um, but I could, you know, if you gave me liver pate with uh, some kind of weird green vegetable and something I've never had before, hey, you know what? I'd probably try it. And guess what? It would taste better because hunger is a great teacher and it helps your body uh, appreciate the the food that you're getting and, and new flavors.
0: Yes, I've noticed that too. It does enhance all that. Go back to the traditional foods. So so be more specific. So if people that haven't read your book yet or want to know what's in there, other than, uh, as I mentioned, bone marrow and close to the bone, grist meat, what else?
1: Mm -hmm. So we call it uh, four pillars of world cuisine. So there's four categories of foods, which are really four strategies of extracting nutrition from your environment, you know, when you are self-sufficient, because we were, uh, you know, 100, 200 years ago. We had to do it all ourselves. So we had the, the first strategy was just to eat fresh food, just like eat it fresh. You didn't even really cook it, or if you did cook it, you didn't cook it much at all. So sushi is an example, uh, right? Obviously, you know, fresh fruits, vegetables, and nuts, and things that we can eat without cooking, but um Any particular dairy nuts? Also. Particular nuts? Uh, uh, well, any nuts that any nuts that you could get into easily <laughs> right.
0: but but now, so, even the same any now because we get it's, it's easy now for all of them,
1: yeah, all of them, and all of them are good, like each nut has a little bit of a different nutritional profile, so so like almonds um have a ton of protein and vitamin E, and Brazil nuts have a ton of selenium, and you know each each little nut's kind of like a spectrum of. A little nut rainbow of different slice of the nutritional profile for each of them did you hear and so there was some crazy uh, just
0: other. I'll just ask you because it's out in the in the vapors a crazy news story about Brazil nuts and spermatogenesis or sperm health or
1: something like too many of them
0: they're yeah good for sperm essentially.
1: Oh, Mm. well, that's good. Okay, (laughs) you haven't
0: heard that, though.
1: I have not heard that one. (laughs) How about
0: macadamia nuts? Good ones?
1: Uh, Well, actually, macadamia nuts have um, uh, a very uh, similar nutritional profile to coconut, so they've got a little Mm. bit more of these medium-chain fatty acids that are a little bit easier to burn. Um, And they're good. They taste very good, but they're actually relatively low in um, minerals, Compared to other nuts, like tropical fruits, I feel, tropical fruits and nuts, I feel like are more about energy than they are about complex nutrition. Like, okay. If you look at their nutritional profiles, they're not as great in terms of diversity of vitamins and minerals as some of the, you know, the non-tropical nuts and fruits, as delicious as they are. They really are more about energy of storage for, for the plant, I feel like. Um, I don't know why that is. It's just a. It's just something I've noticed. But um, but still, like I don't recommend avoiding them, and I don't recommend eating like one over all the others either. It's it's about diversity, really. When it comes to nutrition, you know, diversity is. Is the way to go, but it has to be of real food, okay, <laughs> you nice. know a lot of folks like to say everything in moderation right so but I mean these days we everything in moderation of a typical grocery store is mostly going to come out of a, a you know a brightly colored junk food sack, so that, <laughs> we have to qualify it okay. but but getting back to the question on the traditional um yes. In the four pillars so fresh food and then if you have too much fresh food and you don't have a refrigerator to store it in you have to do something to preserve it for later so you ferment it and so fermented foods are a, another very important um, strategy of nourishing our bodies and what they do aside from the obvious preserving the food is they give us probiotics or good bacteria that um, help our gut health and our immune system. Um, and so, uh, sprouted food also is similar in that it works with nature to enhance the nutritional value of something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we're sprouting seeds and so that's why I recommend sprouted grain bread because you sprout the wheat, berry, and it reduces the carbohydrate and increases the fiber and the other complexity of nutrition. So, yeah. And then, so the third one is, uh, the meat on the bone. So that's the, the, you know, the, the, uh, eating close to the bone and the skin and the ligaments and everything and making bone stalks out of it, which um, create these gelatinous um, broths and soups and stews and just really taste good as far as making gravies and just making stuff that tastes good is delicious. Um, and then a little less delicious, but much more actually very nutritious, um, are the organ meats. And, um, you know, they get a bad rap because we have grown up without eating them, and they are very complex nutrition. And have you noticed, uh, Dr. Drew, that people who are picky eaters, they're not picky around, well, I only like liver, or I only like, you know, very (laughs) high-nutrient, right, Right. high-nutrient. They like bland food. Yes. And so it's, I feel like it's something in the brain that's not processing the, the flavors properly, and it just rejects them. And so, this, so that, in a sense, our you know, cultural rejection of most organ meats is a reflection of the fact that we just don't have a complicated palate in this country because we just don't grow up educating our palates.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's but, the bottom line. <laughs> yeah right? we just don't we don't acculturate ourselves. I mean the brain is set up to adopt a culture and and, and you know and we don't do it to kids.
1: Right. Yeah. And and you know you grow up you just it's so much easier to like something as an adult if you Got it when you were little, exactly. And especially if you had good memories around yep. it, and your yep. mom gave yep.
2: it to yep. you. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Oh, this gentle, soothing voice that your mother feeds you with these new foods, and everything is supposed I, to be associated. I ate some.
0: <laughs> I, I ate some organs at your recommendation after the last time I talked to you. I had you wasn't that yet on this diet, but I thought, all right, I'll try it. And and I I think now, I, as I it's funny, I've been thinking back. That was probably. Eight months ago or something, and i 've been thinking about how that would taste to me now, and I would look forward to it it 's interesting it 's a different like you said your your taste even adjusts when you 're on these different dietary plans
1: but I really think you know it, it helps to be hungry because yep. we have to be able to like foods other than you know white chicken meat and pasta, which mm-hmm. is which is the biggest challenge I have when i 'm working with patients who are trying to lose weight you know and, and, and in a sense. Um, I almost feel like I've I've had to become a tiny bit of an addiction specialist because people are almost like addicted to 100%. blandness. It's, it's a very similar
0: kind of a at least at least the reward structure around it. You know the motivational systems around it are very very similar. It's it's not quite a, it's not as yeah. powerful. You don't have to have the same pre you know focus for ma- managing and adjusting it. But same phenomena. Same phenomena.
1: I think when somebody's in the middle of a hypoglycemic spell it it is almost as oh, powerful. I'll
0: tell you what, when when you if you are if you are I, I don't know if it's strictly the metabolic syndrome folk like myself, but when you are going at the carbohydrates and then you decide to stop, all the symptoms I mean it's it's not of course as intense, but all the symptoms mimic heroin withdrawal. With with irritability, agitation, lability, and a sense of desperation. And desperation is probably the most unpleasant symptom the heroin addict gets. And when your, pa- your parents, you pa- watch your patients, they will get desperate, like, uh, "What? I, I got, You know what's going on?" Like I you would something.
1: just crawl across hot coals to yeah, get
0: the stuff. You get this desperation. Yeah. It's a very strange <laughs> feeling. It's un- very unpleasant. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are reminding me of a documentary that a friend of mine made called The Magic Pill. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about it's, it's one of these food documentaries, right? Because we have so much mm-hmm. wrong with our food supply. It's like a whole genre of documentaries right, now. Right. Um, and in it, they chronicle the uh, saga of a five-year-old girl with profound autism, nonverbal autism. Mm-hmm whose dad was a heroin addict Mm. and um, has his daughter go basically cold turkey off of uh, those little, like, Goldfish mm-hmm. and you know uh, flavored yogurts and all all of her favorite foods, uh, and trying to improve her health and her you know hopefully her autism, and getting her on a real food diet. And he's watching her, and because for five days she just says no. I mean, she shakes her head; she doesn't say it, yeah. but she just refuses. And she literally is crawling across the counter to try to get to where her you know treats used to be stored, which is now empty. And the dad is like is. Hard heart is totally, you know, aching because he's watching this and he's seeing how, you know, he knows what she was going through because he was a heroin addict yeah. and had to go through the, the withdrawals yeah. and and it was, it was, you have to admire him because it well, was him I, that was really, you know, the willpower. Here. Well, but he, they're on
0: the other, he's been on in. the other side of detoxing. You know, once you get through it, he knows yeah. there's benefits to be derived. So he has that faith that a lot of people may not have. That's true. Yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. I mean it's it's why it's why I work with an abstinence based program is because I I have a faith and a judgment in who can make it, well at least I've some ideas, some sometimes I get surprised. But it's that faith and hope when you've seen these miracles, you know, to see what happens on the other side, it 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 gives you more motivation to work through people.
1: And maybe that's why, like, when she started, like, he didn't seem too surprised that it totally worked, but it, like, yeah. worked, like, within the snap of a finger, like, one, one day on day five, yeah. she basically just actually picked up a fork and started eating the food that was put in front of her, and she yeah. had not ever used a fork before.
0: Interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> so, Kate, we got to wrap this up. What else do you, before we do, where do you want people to go? What do you want them to know? What's coming?
1: So go to my website, uh, which is drkate.com, dot and uh, just sign up for the pers- the subscription because I am working on the the next book, which is going to be coming out in the um, in the next year, and it's going to be the most uh, scientific,
2: oh, programmatic,
1: problem solving weight loss book ever. Uh, and and actually, what I'm saying is that you know for decades. Doctors have let the patients run the weight loss conversation. And what I mean is we, we've said yes when they said, well, I want to lose, you know, 40 pounds in a month. Can you do that for me, doc? And we yeah. said, yeah, here, just, you know, cut everything and blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't work when you're too sick. And right. so that's why a lot of diets fail because we're not matching the diet to the state of metabolic health.
0: Also, there's a weird religious fervor around everyone's different positions. I mean, it's very bizarre like you if you're a plant-based you're, you're just and you're yes. you're on this cause of right and the side of right and if you're <laughs> eating meat you're contributing to the demise of the planet and there's this weird not just political but religious energy around it what what do we do with that
1: well i guess we really just have to like i i think there should be a comedian that does nothing but make uh-huh. um Nutrition jokes, so the nutritionism joke. And, uh, or and,
0: they'd start, they'd, people would be crying, not out of laughter by the end, unfortunately, because it gets tragic <laughs> right. at a certain point. Let me ask this one last thing before I, I let you go, which is there was a study, I think it was in JAMA about a week ago. I'm it might have been doing in the journal or something, but it was this big, it was a large meta analysis of plant based versus uh, meat diets and say, suggesting that people that had adhered to a plant based diet lived longer. Did you see that study?
1: I, you know, I didn't see that particular one, but I have seen like a thousand others that said yeah. the same thing because they seem to come out at regular intervals yes. about the benefits of, you know, a plant-based diet.
0: They seem apocryphal to me. I don't know. I, they don't fit my clinical experience. It reminds me of the Women's Health Initiative where all this data came out. It was like, no, there's something wrong with this data.
2: What
1: well, you when you're driving science purely by statistics, I feel like that in and of itself is a red flag. You know, that it's science by statistics is... Is not science really? Honestly, you you have to have some checks and balances, and you can't when all you're doing is looking at statistics. Well, particularly
0: when you're not dealing with. I mean, I guess you could use statistics if you're looking at a particular. If you were looking at ATPase in the wall of a of a mitochondria, but when you look at gigantic systems like the human being, and one versus the other are so different, the 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 average, which is sort of what the stats are looking at, is very different. Reflection of reality because we're we're pooled in all kinds of different biological camps.
1: I, I think Michael Pollan pointed out something really important when. Um, so he wrote um, the Omnivore's Dilemma about yeah. ten years ago, and mm-hmm. and he said that um, you know what these. Uh, Plant based diets do is they ask you to restrict something. Yeah. And they're telling you that this is the healthy way. And so what you're doing is you're selecting people who are interested in health and able to restrict. Right. That's true. So it's and a self selecting group.
0: And then you yeah. said sign up at your website for a subscription. What is that? Subscription to what?
1: To just my updates so that uh, people can uh, find out when this next fantastic book is finally coming And And it's, it's
0: obvious on the website, it's on the front page.
1: Yeah, well, one of those little annoying pop-up boxes. Right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just put your email in there, and then it won't ever pop up again.
0: All right, we'll do it. I'll be at drkate.com, D-R-C-A-T-E. And uh, it's always a privilege to talk to you, and good luck with this new book. I can't wait to hear about it. And I'll interview you again then when that comes out, okay?
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Grew. Right, it's so it. great to
0: talk to you. Perfect. Thanks, Kate. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Have a good
1: night.
0: Bye. Bye. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D R D R E W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the and Sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go. Go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com.